0: Signature win from Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host. Bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we come to you after the Red Storm's 75-69 to loss at Madison Square Garden tonight. Uh, the Red Storm fall to 13 and 10 overall and five and seven on the season as a furious rally in the final uh, three four minutes of that game falls just short. And the Red Storm dropped to 5-7 and seven in the conference. I was at the game tonight. I was at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I am just getting home now. Got home probably about 15 minutes ago, uh, recording this a little after midnight. So maybe that's the reason why maybe my voice sounds a little off. I was uh, screaming at the garden for most of that game. Um, and, yeah, the Red Storm's comeback does fall just a little bit short, despite an absolutely crazy performance from Aaron Wheeler, uh, 31 points from him, 6 of 10 from 3-point range, uh, career high. 31 points, uh, seven rebounds. He was phenomenal in this game, but in the end, it still goes down as a loss for St. John's in a crucial game. Uh, Not necessarily a must win game by any standard, but a game that you really had to have going forward. You know, a game that really would have put you in a position. You know, everyone uses the cliche, the position to be in position. Uh, I don't necessarily know if that's the thing I would say, but I would say it would have put you in a better position to, you know, get on the NCAA tournament bubble. You know, would have maybe put you on some people's radars, and most importantly, uh, would have made the final seven games of conference play maybe a little bit easier in terms of what you had to do uh, to get into the NCAA tournament. You knew this was going to be a quad one game, regardless. Uh, it's a missed opportunity for sure, and it's been a season of missed opportunities for St. John's. Now, in this game, You know, we talk about, you know, failing at the end of games, right? And and the big story on last week's show that I did after the Providence game, the big story was failing to execute. At the end of these games, you know you have all these opportunities in these quad one games. You have these games when you're in the game the entire way, like that game against Providence, where for you know 40 minutes or 38 minutes, whatever it was, you were right there with you know Providence, who's a top 15 team in the country, but you couldn't execute down the stretch. Providence executes down the stretch and wins the game. Uh, This game's a little bit of a different story. You know this game, you basically what slept walked through 35 minutes, 36 minutes, and then in the final four to five minutes of this game, try to make this furious rally to come back and win the game. And while, yeah, you you did make it a game. You had a shot there at the end with Coburn in a relatively good look to tie the game up. Uh, it still falls short. And that's just, you're not going to win very many games against a team like Villanova that's a perennial national contender that is always the best, or if not the best, the second best team in this conference every single year. You're not going to win a game like that when you really don't play good basketball for 34, 35, 36 minutes, like I mentioned. You know, you can't just turn it on in the final four or five minutes of a game against Villanova and expect that you're going to win. And that's what St. John's did tonight. So, tonight it wasn't necessarily an issue of execution. Uh, I don't, you know, you know, I mean, obviously that last possession, I wanted them to take a two. Uh, I thought you would have taken a two, kept the momentum, made Villanova hit some free throws, and then, you know, you you take a three when you need to take a three. Uh, I would have taken a two. They take a three. They got a good look. Uh, Tariq Corbin did not have a good game, shot 0-6 from the field, 0-3 from three-point range, only had one point. Uh, You know, got a good look. If they were going to shoot a three there, I would have wanted Aaron Wheeler to shoot the three. So, you you know, you can get on the execution on that last possession for sure. But the story of this game was just St. John's not showing up really. And not, you know, not playing well at all. And the same problems that we've seen, you know, falling into, you know, the trap of shooting three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer. I mean, how many three-pointers were shot in this game, especially in the first half, early in the shot clock, you know, with 22, 23 seconds left in the shot clock. Uh, how many layups were missed. You know, Julian Champagny had that really bad layup missed. Uh, Montez Mathis, who was horrible in this game, missed layup after missed layup. Wusu missed a couple of layups. It's just the same issues that we've seen all season long. So it wasn't necessarily an execution issue, which we've seen be the issue for this team in past, like I mentioned, against Providence down the stretch. This was just a team that didn't play well for 34, 35, 36 minutes of this game and then tries to turn on the final five minutes and it doesn't work. You know, you can get close Sure. You know, Villanova sort of imploded there at the end. Sure. But at the end, it's 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 still a loss. And it's still a game that, you know, you, you, you can't do that against a team like Villanova. You cannot do that. Uh, just expect to turn it on the final few minutes and win the game. And that's exactly what happened. You know, it came up just short uh, as you kind of would have expected to be. Now, I haven't seen anyone saying, you know good effort good comeback good heart you know moral victory which feels like a curse word at this point um i haven't seen anyone saying that uh i obviously don't feel that way at all you know this is a season when we said no moral victories you know no patting them on the back and saying good effort this was a season where we expected a hell of a lot more than a moral victory in, in a game like this you know and just in general i mean this was a season that we were not going to stand for moral victories. And I think that that continues tonight. You know, this is a game that was there for the taking. Villanova did not play out of their minds. I know that they got Justin Moore and Colin Gillespie back, which stinks. And you didn't have Pasha Alexander, which stinks. But at the end of the day, this is a winnable game. Gillespie did not play well. He didn't make a a basket in this game, Was shut out. Moore did not play phenomenal. He played all right, shot four of 10 at 16 points. But this game was right there for the taking. It's not like Villanova shot the lights out. You know, it's not like Villanova had a stretch in this game where they made 12 of 13 field goals like they did in the first game. You know, Villanova only shot 46% from the field. They shot 23%. They were 5-21 from three-point range. You know, Villanova didn't do anything incredible to take this game away from you. You This wasn't one of those like Villanova masterclass performances where you just had no shot in this game and you just kind of, kind of tip your cap to them and say they were the better team, they're the more talented team. Like, yes, they are better and they are more talented than you, but in this specific game, I just, I don't think that. Villanova played out of their minds I think that this game again was right there for the taking it was what 34 31 you know three-point game and then and then from there felt like Villanova really controlled it but I'm not going to give moral victories I'm not going to say you know great effort I'm not going to say any of that and at the end of the day this was a game that you really had to win like I said to set up the final couple weeks of this season and to make it a little bit easier on yourself the final few weeks of the season and you couldn't get it done you know, at home, in front of what I thought was a good crowd. Of course, you're going to have a lot of Villanova fans there, but I thought it was a good crowd. You got a crazy performance from Aaron Wheeler. Uh, and no one else really stepped up. You know, Champagny obviously was injured. Uh, hurt his hip in the, at the end of the first half. Hurt his finger, first of all, on the first possession of the game, which would have been the most St. John's thing ever for him to get hurt in the first possession and then not come back. Uh, he does come back, then hurts his hip, which somehow makes it even worse. <laughs> Uh, only shot four of fifteen from the field, twelve points, two of seven from three point range. Again, never really looked himself. Now in this game, you kind of feel like he had a little bit of an excuse, you know, for playing so poorly with that injury. But uh, on a whole, just didn't look himself in this game, and no one else really did anything. You know, Steph Smith had a couple of points at the end there, and no one else on this team scored more than five points. I mean, you take Aaron Wheeler out of the, out of the equation here. And you went 3 of 23 from 3-point range. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to get it done. You know, you take Wheeler out of the equation, you went 13 for 58 from the field. I'm not a mathematician, but that's not a very good percentage there. You know, Wheeler was the entire team. He scored 31 of your 69 points uh, in this game, and, and no one else really stepped up when it mattered besides Aaron Wheeler. And, and, and again, I'm not going to give... A moral victory. I'm not gonna say, "Hey, awesome comeback, fell just short." I'm not gonna say what our coach said at the end of this game, which was during the post-game press conference, which was, "We ran out of time." No, you didn't run out of time. You didn't play well for 35 minutes. So don't don't give me the BS. And if I have to hear him say one more time, "We ran out of time," when you've got fans on Twitter saying before the game is over that he's gonna say in his post-game press conference, "We ran out of time." and then he actually says it to me that's that's horrible so i don't want to hear this guy saying mike anderson saying we ran out of time you didn't run out of time you didn't play well for 35 minutes there was no running out of time there and and and, and i can't i can't take anymore with the we've got our best basketball ahead of us we're just about to hit our stride where is it though now, in this game, I understand a little bit you didn't have Pasha Alexander, but but you knew you weren't going to have Pasha Alexander from Saturday afternoon. You had basically two full days, two and a half full days to game plan an offense to not have Pasha Alexander. And you still looked absolutely clueless in the half-court offense. Now, it's not like with Pasha, half-court offense was great anyways, but there was just no rhythm besides Wheeler, who was the only guy doing anything tonight. There was no rhythm, there was no plan whatsoever to get anyone any open shots, to have any sort of cohesion, to have any sort of flow on the offensive end without Posh. And that that that's just, that that's such an issue to me that you had so much time, you knew that he was not going to play in this game and you still could not game plan for it. So I don't want to hear that we ran out of time. I don't want to hear that we're playing our best basketball. I don't want to hear that we're going to figure it all out because at this point, I'm not going to believe it. You didn't run out of time. Like I said, you played poorly for 34, 35 minutes of this game. If you you didn't play poorly for 34, 35 minutes, maybe you wouldn't have run out of time. And it it, it just just feels like we're we're hearing the same things over and over and over again. I don't want to hear that anymore. I want wins. (laughs) I think if you're listening to this, you want wins too. I'm tired of saying, hey, that was a great effort. Hey, what, an, uh, what a great individual performance from Aaron Wheeler. Usually it's it's champagne, right? What a great individual performance that we wasted in this game. What a great comeback. We fell just short. That This wasn't supposed to be the season for that. This wasn't supposed to be the season for, hey, you know, tip our caps. We really played a good game. We really came out there. We really battled. We came up just short. This wasn't supposed to be the season for that. This wasn't supposed to be the season for... It's now uh, February 9th. It was February 8th. This wasn't supposed to be, be the season on February 8th to say, Hey, we're, we're rounding the form now. We're going to play our best basketball now in February. The time to play your best basketball was in January. was in December. You've had three months now to play your best basketball. The fact that you're just thinking that you got it now it, it is horrible. And the fact that... That was not your best basketball tonight by any means. But but that's a whole other story. So, you know, I I just, I, I'm tired of, of the coach speak. I'm tired of, of being talked down to, feeling like, a, like I'm an idiot, listening to these these press conferences, hearing that we've ran out of time. We didn't run out of time. You didn't play well. You know, you, you had an offense that was one guy tonight, realistically. And again, I, I know that you didn't have posh. But to have no game plan whatsoever without Posh, which we all could have seen coming, by the way, that's an issue. Uh, going through the rest of the box score, again, again, Wheeler was great. Uh, Soriano really did nothing. He had the seven rebounds, uh, scored two points, only played 16 minutes. Uh, you know, you, you could have seen it was it was maybe the, the highest odds ever that Soriano was going to pick up two early fouls. There were two fouls called in the first, like, ten minutes of this game, both of them on Soriano. And uh, that really, you know, sunk them, and and uh, that allowed uh, Dixon to kind of go off. He had 16 points, I think he had like 12 or 13 in the first half of this game. Uh, so Soriana really didn't have much of an impact. Champagne, I touched on, obviously didn't play great, was injured. We'll see what happened. But even when he wasn't injured, didn't really look like he was himself. Uh, Wusu was all right, I guess. Uh, only had the three turnovers, which honestly was is not horrible for him. Uh, Montez Mathis. I mean, I'm not going to kill a college kid again. Uh, I try not to really rip these guys, but uh, I, I don't understand why he played 28 minutes in this game. Um, you know, Steph Smith did get 23 minutes. I don't really know who you would have put in besides Montez Mathis, but I would have rather had a fan come out of the crowd and play than Montez at some points in this game. I mean, the guy was horrible. The guy was, he was one of, 14, 0 of 04 from three-point range. He's not a three-point shooter. He keeps shooting them, though. Missed a bunch of layups. Uh, St. John's is a team, I know at one point they were 6 of 21 on layups. I, they just can't miss any more layups if they tried. It's it's almost impressive that they're missing this many layups. It really is. They've got to be the worst team in the country at, at layups. They really have to. And Mathis was the culprit in that. And Like I said, Mathis should not have been on the court for 28 minutes tonight. I, again, I really don't even know who you would have put in besides him, but he just... He, he had no business playing that much. And shooting that much. I mean, look at the shooting for St. John's. Wheeler took 17 shots. Champagny took 15 shots. Mathis took 14 shots. Like, that, that just can't happen. Especially when you're 1 of 14. Can't happen. Made one basket in this game. Can't happen. Can't shoot that much when you're that bad. But... Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, we're not given moral victories in this game. Um, you know, you you can you can, I'm not even gonna say be proud. You know, there's nothing to be proud about. You lost. You know, you, you you had a good rally at the end, but you know where was that for the other 35 minutes of the game? You know, maybe if that rally starts with 10 minutes to go, we're we're having a different conversation right now. We're talking about a nice comeback win. You can't start a rally like that in the final four and a half minutes. And expect to beat a team like Villanova. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, no moral victories. I'm, I'm not giving any credit for, for the rally at the end there. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, tip my cap. I'm not going to say we'll get them next time. I'm, I'm certainly not going to say that we ran out of time. I'm definitely not going to say that. And I'm going to be upset and I'm going to be frustrated because, you know, this was a missed opportunity now. This is an opportunity to, again, get yourself on the radar, I would say, you know, and and this would have made it a lot easier because I think one way or the other, you needed to win six six out of these final eight games, right? One to get to 11 wins in the conference. And now you've already dug another hole for yourself. And again, this is just another, another example of having opportunity, having an opportunity to quad one win you know, not really doing it, had the other team not really doing anything to necessarily take that away from you. And again, you've come up short and again, you don't play well. And again, you let that opportunity pass you by at some point. Again, we just got to accept that. They're not going to take these opportunities. We really do. And that's, that's the story of this game. That's been the story of this season for St. John so far, missed opportunities, deflating finishes and you know, just just generally being upset and just generally being let down and disappointed by this team uh, in what's turning into a really really disappointing season. But uh, that's my thoughts. Uh, I'm gonna have John Kavanaugh in, on in a second. Uh, we're gonna get his thoughts. I know that he's fired up. Uh, he wanted to come on with me, so we're gonna get him on here uh, and and hear his thoughts, which I'm definitely excited to hear. Uh, so hope you guys enjoy that. I'll be back on the other end to wrap this up. All right, I'm now joined by john cavanaugh friend of the program for many many years i think this is year number four uh him and i were texting on the way home from this game and uh we figured we'd have him hop on here so john how you feeling tonight
1: i'm feeling all right troy got back uh just now from the garden so obviously as we talked about i left early i mean one of the few times i'm glad they didn't rally back but uh other than that you know just uh it was it was a tough game. It was going to be tough, you know. We knew it was going to be tough once we heard No Posh and that Gillespie was going to be playing, and uh, so. But you know, still a tough loss. And uh, but i would become a tad numb to this stuff, Troy. So I mean, <laughs> I should be all right. I'll behave tonight.
0: <laughs> well, I almost want you to not behave. You know, you you were fired up texting me. You know, I I thought you'd be a little bit more uh more uh, aggressive than you are. You know, you you say you sound a little beaten down almost by this team.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I I was looking at some of the quotes from Mike Anderson saying that, you know, he's confident this team's going to start playing their best basketball. And, you know, I I, I love the fact that I've tried to tune him out for the most part. (laughs) I mean, look. Coach, Coach Anderson seems like a great guy. I'm not disputing that. So when I criticize him, I just want to make that clear. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about playing our best basketball, uh, we're in the middle. we what's today's date? We're almost. We're in the middle of February here. Yeah. We got a few weeks left. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't want to hear it. No one wants to hear it. And I again, I know we had no posh, but. You know, I'm not looking for excuses either. We, we need to win some quad one games, and this team just doesn't know how to close the deal.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and speaking of that, I just, I just did a couple of minutes on that. If I have to hear Anderson one more time say that we ran out of time, I, I can't take that anymore. You didn't run out of time. You didn't play well for 35 minutes. I, I can't hear the we ran out of time excuse anymore. Maybe it was, in a way, accurate of this game because you, you did make a, a, a nice comeback. But if you would have started that comeback with 10 minutes to go instead of, of 4 minutes to go, maybe it's a different story. You didn't run out of time, right?
1: No, 100%. I mean... This team played a pretty competitive first half, and they didn't—they weren't shooting the ball well all night. But man, it was tough to watch that first half. But mm-hmm. they kept it close. I mean, Villanova missed so many threes. You knew Villanova was going to wake up eventually, but you know, you felt that they were within striking distance if St. John's had come up with some energy. They, and, and they came out like they usually do. They came out flat. They got down big, mm-hmm. and they were not in the game for pretty much the the entire second half. Mm-hmm. Aaron Wheeler pretty much willed them back into this game, but you know. They didn't run out of time. They just—they simply just ran out of, uh, you know, coaching and execution and everything. I mean, Aaron Wheeler was a one-man show tonight. Thirty-one points, and we just couldn't support him. So, I mean, I—I I don't want to hear it either. Yeah, this team doesn't show up for spurts, and I don't like to blame the players. I think some of the talent is there, but man, they just look lost for for a few minutes. Like they just look the the they look dazed and confused at, at times and yeah. it's just like you know draw something up mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. I, and I just want to make this point clear too I mean I was talking about Julian Champagne a little bit and I know I love Julian he's a great player but I was I was thinking you know he really kind of disappears when it comes to playing some of these big teams and I hate to criticize our best player right mm-hmm. now but um you know I, I personally think Posh is a little more important to the team mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, but they also don't draw anything up for him. I mean, he stands around. I mean, he's uh, there's there's no half court offense, nothing. And but they ran out of time. Yeah, I mean they, they ran out of, they ran out of luck. And that,
0: <laughs> that's what they ran out of. Time. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way to put it. They ran out of luck. Yeah, and that that bothered me too in the first half. Like you probably knew by. Sunday morning that Posh was not going to play in this game like you had a full two days to plan playing without Posh and I know that it's tough still but like to look that lost in the half court and I mean they're not a good half court team to begin with with Posh you know don't get me started on that but to look that lost you know at points in that first half where it felt like their only offense was just a three-pointer with like 22 seconds to go on the shot clock, that baffled me that they could look that poor on on offense, I mean, you know, Villanova I'm sure played some solid defense, but there was no game plan, like you said, there was no plays being run, there was nothing it was it, it was what we've seen basically all season long, I feel like it just got even heightened because of, of Posh not playing
1: all season long you said it I mean this coach's obses- obsession with Woosu is going to kill me I mean <laughs> I mean, Steph Smith didn't look that bad um you know I mean I know these guys aren't exactly world beaters out there but he didn't look that bad um, Woosu running point kind of hurts a little bit but I, I no, I think you're right they don't run any plays I mean they don't they have no semblance of a half court offense I mean some of these, these turnovers I, again I don't really blame them on the players they're forcing it mm-hmm. um you know, there just seems to be a lack of a game plan from the coaching staff every single week. Mm-hmm. I mean, but in this game especially, you know, I know the score indicated it was close, but all of Saint John's flaws really came out in this game. I mean, free throws, that layups. I think I saw something <laughs> from Zach Braziller that they were six of twenty-two on layups, yeah. I and mean, that's disgusting, Troy. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. You know, all of their flaws really kind of came to fruition tonight. And, again, it was a one-man show that really kept them in this game. But this team is just – the problems look the same week after week. I mean, I give Anderson credit uh, after the win versus Butler. He switched to a two-three zone. Um, You know, he made some adjustments that actually turned the tide of the game. But, I mean, this is just a coach who uh, I don't know. I mean – and also, I'm also someone who says that the Mike Anderson press is just – dismal i mean it never works Mm -hmm. and it leaves guys open for three all the time but it figures the one time they they go to it uh way too late it starts working Mm -hmm. i I don't know i'm out of
0: answers troy no exactly yeah and and the press has not worked for them at all this season it's 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 been such an issue It, it feels like it's just like like you said it just led to open shooters after open shooters it just it just hasn't worked like it has uh in the past uh, you mentioned Wusu, you know, you didn't realize you didn't, you couldn't figure out why he was, you know, playing so much. I couldn't figure out why Montez Mathis played so much in the, oh, in this game. God. I mean, he was horrible. And, and again, like, you know, we're not going to kill college players, obviously, you know, he's a, he's a kid, but one of 14 from the field looked completely lost multiple times in this game. Uh, couldn't shoot a three, you know, still can't make a three missed a couple of layups. I don't get the fascination with playing Mathis when, uh, you know, again, I don't know necessarily who you would have put in over him, but just bench him. Like, don't play him for the rest of this game when he's clearly not on his game tonight.
1: Exactly. I mean, yeah, he started out 0 for 11. And, again, his three-point shot just looks it, – it, it looks awkward. It doesn't <laughs> look good. and it, It's – he, going to the rim he didn't have it he didn't have it i mean he's he has been a bit of a disappointment this season mm-hmm. i think that's safe to say mm-hmm. but you know tonight especially um yeah he, he just going to the rim i mean out of control just didn't Exactly. Like take him out for his own sake. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. not, I mean, I'm not saying that the options on the bench were better. I mean, Colburn didn't have a good night. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I kind of like Steph Smith's game, like I said. But um, even then, you got to find an alternative. I mean, you can't just keep. I mean, the fact that he had a chance to go over
0: 11—that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, it just—you know—you mentioned about about you mentioned earlier about all of their flaws kind of being. Uh, on display on this game and something else too is is you know you get that one incredible individual performance tonight it was Aaron Wheeler usually at Champagne, but you get that one incredible individual performance and it just felt like no one else was really going to step up for you I mean you know obviously with Posh being out that hurt Champagny looked like he was banged up I'm sure he wasn't himself but you know with with what we've seen from Champagny who knows if if you know that was even really a big factor uh you know it just feels kind of Deflating that they wasted such a great performance from Aaron Wheeler when he was like so unconscious at points, and he was like their anchor on offense for so long.
1: Yeah, Aaron. I mean, Aaron Wheeler has just been probably, you know, the team's biggest surprise, and mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how it took so long for him to get worked into the rotation, but it's, he's also just been. Um, you know, watching his game grow. I mean, from the from the beginning of the season, it's just been great to see. And it is a shame that we're wasting it. You you have to think to yourself: you have Champ you have Posh, and now you have Aaron Wheeler. Yeah. You could start putting him in that conversation. You have three guys that can score the basketball, and you have three guys that you can go to. Uh, and you know, obviously, they were missing one of those guys tonight. But uh, again, it's just, and, and I, I mean, I was going to come out here a little more aggressive, but and I just <laughs> want to say this to the program: it's just. The expectations were, you know, The moral victory's got to stop. I mean, I know, again, you know, I see, oh, St. John's is going to be a tough out this year. (laughs) I see that every year. They compete hard. I'd hope so. (laughs) I mean, you know, the the same cliches that I see recycled, and I'm tired of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was supposed to be a year that they were going to be in the top half of the Big East. The coaches voted St. John's in the top half of the Big East. Seems like everyone kind of got on board with the fact that this year was going to be a pretty good year for them, and it... it, uh, at the very least a tournament berth, and we're, and again, we are not even close to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just like we've accepted mediocrity at this point. I mean, you know, Mike Anderson exceeded expectations year one into his tenure, and he gets a big extension, so now we're locked into that. So, I mean, I, I don't know where we go from here, mm-hmm. but these quad one games, point being, these games this year, you know, the, the attitude was supposed to be, no, we, we're going to win these games this year. Yeah. We're going to be competing. And, and now it's just, be, we have to scrape. We have one quad, one win at this point. <laughs> and we're just trying to scrape out a second if if one team has an off night. I mean, it, just where we are now from where we're supposed to be, it really is just typical St. John's. And I hate to say that, but it really is. And it's been this way forever. Mm-hmm, What's mm-hmm. going to change?
0: Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Yeah, we've, we've 100% just kind of, into that mediocrity state for, you know, b- both of our lives, really, you know, we, we haven't really seen, we don't know anything else than that. And I think that that's uh, the frustrating thing. And, you know, it, you know, it's like we mentioned, we we've talked about before, you know, they they have so many of these opportunities. They have so many quad one opportunities because this conference is so good, but by and large, they haven't taken advantage of them. And it's, you know, it's one thing or another, you know, it's, if it's a game against UConn where you, you know, you, you have an incredible performance from Champagny. But you can't guard an inbounds pass in the final play of the game to, to seal that win. Or it's a game against Providence at home, you know, where, you know, you, you play a horrible final three minutes and you lose that game and they out execute you. Or is it this game where, you know, you really don't play well the entire game and a comeback falls short? It just feels like, you know, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity in different ways is just falling them by. And it's at this point now, I mean, there's no real reason to think that they're going to take advantage of these opportunities, right? Like, like the, it just, I, I don't see any anything to believe that they're going to win six out of these next seven games against mostly quad one opponents when we haven't seen it all season long
1: no they're not going to turn the switch on I don't care what Anderson says it's not going to happen They have they been playing a little better compared to when you know the season started yes is that a compliment no <laughs> I think that um You know, like you said, if if St. John's is in a close game, I expect them to lose. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, they, at some point or another, it's going to be an egregious turnover, a bonehead play. It's coming. It's and teams like Villanova, we saw teams like Providence. You saw uh, the Providence game. I mean, when they got to the line, hit every one. They closed out the game like good teams do. Mm -hmm. Good teams find a way to close these games out. And, and St. John's just isn't one of those teams. That I mean, sure, you could talk about their compete level and, and the fact that I think a, a couple of their quad, quad one losses have been within, like, five points or something like that. Um, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is they're not winning any of these games. Mm-hmm. And, and, frankly, they should be. And, and that's and that's just unfortunate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I, I want to hear from you because, you know, you, you've been kind of vocal on Twitter about this. I, I if they go out and they they fail to make the tournament this season, and if they win, I, I don't know. They've got five right now. Let's say if they get to eight wins and they go eight and eleven in the conference, and they miss the tournament, um, you know, I, I've always said, how do you sell that to us as a fan base going into next year when you would assume Julian Champagne is out? But like for you, do you do you think they should move on from this coach if if that is the case? Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that.
1: It's a complicated answer. I mean, I tried on Twitter too, pumping up the fan base, and, and look, I'm still, I'm, I still have stupid me a little bit of faith sometimes. <laughs> but um, you know, when it comes down to it, do I think he should be fired? Um, yeah, I I, 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 go, I do go back and forth because a part of me says, look, you can't just, you can't just uh, pull the cord every time you know mm-hmm. stuff goes wrong, but. I mean, this was supposed to be his team this year, and and when you look at the future, I don't really see exactly the. I don't really see any potential of us going up from here. It's not like okay, this year we may have disappointed, but next year oh uh, we're loaded. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So I think that I personally would. I really, I, I had a lot of high hopes for Anderson. He brought a winning pedigree in. There was a lot of initial criticism that he didn't have any connections in New York. He was able to recruit some decent talent, uh, but he's not a good in-game coach. Mm-hmm. He really isn't. His mm-hmm. style seems to be a bit outdated. Um, I think St. John's really needs to find a coach that is not a— they need to really dig deep, do their homework, and find a guy that can really hopefully rise through the ranks. Mm-hmm. That's asking a lot. I mean, like, find their Jay Wright, and, and I know they're not going to find their <laughs> Jay Wright. But what I'm saying is, is that you got to, you know, maybe hire the than No Name, and, and you know, maybe do your homework and really dig deep. Is he going to get fired? No. I mean, like, no, I don't said, think so he, either. Yeah. He got, you know, Mike Craig. That he is the guy. Mike Craig handpicked Anderson. That's his guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't see Mike Craig going against, you know, his initial decision and firing Anderson. I think those two are kind of adjoined at the hip at this point. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he you know, Anderson got an extension after his first year. That's going to carry a few more years. This school is cheap as hell. They're probably <laughs> not going to want to pay that money. So, I, I mean, you know, I still can't get a seat back at Carnesecca <laughs> Arena. So to To think that they're gonna pay money and buy out this coach very unlikely. Mm-hmm. So they're probably gonna ride it out and be mediocre for the next few seasons. And you know, but hey, as long as Coach Anderson keeps his streak of being above five hundred, <laughs> we're a okay. Uh, but you know, no, I do think that they would be in their best interest to move on because I think the writing's on the wall. But will they? No,
0: they won't. Mm-hmm. And you you put it absolutely perfectly there. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. And and I agree with. Basically everything that you said there. I mean, you know, should they? Probably. Will they? Probably not. And that's, you know, it kind of speaks on what the, how this school is and kind of what this school has, has become uh, or what this program has become, I should say. Uh, you know, in the last 20 plus years, they've accepted this kind of losing mentality. And, you know, you, you kind of saw it on display tonight. but. John, thank you so much for coming on, man. You know I appreciate this. Uh well after midnight now at this point. Uh, <laughs> I hope I helped you pull off a little bit of steam here and that uh you know try. Yeah, we we, we we covered a lot of ground here, so I always appreciate it, man.
1: No, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Troy. Always appreciate being a guest. Uh definitely it, this is therapeutic for me as well. So <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm sure we'll talk beforehand. If not, I'm sure I'll see you first night of the Big East tournament when we played the poll or something like that. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, no, thank you very much, Troy. Appreciate it as always.
0: Absolutely. John have a good rest of your night.
1: You too, Troy. All
0: right. Bye. All right. Thank you once again to John Cavanaugh for coming on. Uh, I always, I feel like I always say this, but it feels like he just brings the heat. Uh, you know, feels like he always makes me laugh. Uh, I I really appreciate him coming on, uh, and yeah, it's therapeutic for him, and honestly, it's therapeutic for me listening to him. Uh, Cause he, I I just I love love hearing his thoughts after games. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Kavanaugh C-A-V-A-N-A-G-H S-J-U uh, uh, great guest of this program for, what, four years now. One of my favorite guests to have on, like I mentioned, just always, always seems to put things in, in a good perspective and uh, and put a smile on my face when I have him on. So thank you, John, uh, for coming on late at night. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this as well. You know, it's it's certainly frustrating. It's certainly deflating. You know, just, just feels like these opportunities are going to continue to... Uh, you know, pass by this team, and they are going to continue to not take advantage of these opportunities, which are you know very, very plenty in, in the Big East. You have a lot of quad one opportunities, but it just feels like time and time again, uh, they're not going to take advantage of these opportunities, and it's going to be another lost season. Uh, you know, we, we I, I talked last week about you know whether or not the Georgetown win was going to be you know the start of something or if it was just going to kind of be one mediocre team beating up on a bad team. And, you know, was the Butler win going to be the start of something or the continuation of something or was it going to be one mediocre team beating another mediocre team? And unfortunately, both of those look like the latter, right? They both look like, you know, St. John just beating up on the bottom feeders of this conference uh, when it comes time to step up, step up a weight class and, uh, you know, you know, really take advantage of an opportunity that's presented to you like tonight. Uh, They cannot do it. And, you know, it's been time and time again. Providence, Yukon, Creighton, Villanova twice, you know, over and over again. These opportunities are there and they have not taken advantage of them. And again, I just, I haven't seen anything that makes me think that that's not going to continue the rest of the season. And unfortunately that means it's looking like a pretty lost season uh, for St. John's and a very, very disappointing season that had very, very high expectations. We'll see uh, what goes on with Champagny, if he's even available now. We'll see if Posh is available for Sunday's game against UConn, which now I think kind of becomes a must-win, right? Like, you kind of got to get that one now uh, on Super Bowl Sunday against UConn. If you're going to have any shot at an at-large bid at the in the NCAA tournament or being on the bubble conversation going into the final few weeks of February, you really got to get that game and, you know, then we'll, we'll take it from there. But I think at this point now, that kind of becomes a do-or-die game uh, for the Red Storm. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you once again to John Cavanaugh for coming on. Uh, I will be back next week uh, with another episode. And as always, let's go, Johnnies.